We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the lands and waters where we're recording from, the Awabakal and Wanarua peoples. We acknowledge the Awabakal and Wanarua elders, both past and present. Now Andrew Johns, tight a Little Hole himself, he's close, right. he reaches out, that's a title Andrew Johns, reach straight from the little halfback, and that's a good reward for a great game in his debut match for the Newcastle Knights in first grade. Andrew Johns scores the try and that should wrap it up for the night. Coming to you live from Awabakal and Wanarua lands, this is still the Bay 53 podcast, part of the sport's best friend podcasting network and brought to you by A-plus contracting and polywelding. The men's season kicks off this weekend, so we're going to do our season preview and tell you what's what when it comes to who will line up for the Knights in round one and what we think they will end up doing. It's team list Tuesday tomorrow, Thursday night footy's coming up, and we finally say goodbye to the off-season. How good is it, mate? Time to kiss the loved ones goodbye and see them again in seven months' time. Yeah, Who's and back, baby. And I look, I hope they take care of themselves. I look forward to seeing them again uh, in October. Um, you know, we've had a we've had a great summer, um, but uh, yeah, it's the you have your summer, your autumn, your spring, your winter. It's my favourite season of all, though footy season. Um, and um, yeah, the NRLW has been a great taste, but it's only three games a weekend. I want my full eleven so that I can really, um, really uh, in, enjoy the uh, the football. Summers for loving, winners for footy in. And that, that's just how the world revolves, mate. <laughs> now, we did try to strong arm uh, Harry Haramage uh, back on for our season preview, but um, I think we wore him out with our marathon uh, two-hour session um, for the final season review. So uh, we'll see if we can get him back on uh, at some point during the season and do a, a review of one of our games with us. Um, but, yeah, it, mate... There will be uh, 16 men's teams uh, naming their their starting lineups tomorrow uh, as we're recording, and um, the anticipation in the air is rife. You know, you got your footies, uh, you got your super coach and your fantasy teams sitting on the edge of their seats, waiting for the names to be called out. And uh, for Knights fans, we we get a look at the um, the first 17 for the season 2022. Yeah, it's exciting, mate. You're right with the fantasy stuff and the super coach stuff. You know, like it's the, the anticipation of the last day or two before Team List Tuesday is just, yeah, it's crazy because you've sort of got an idea of what you want, but you've got no idea who actually will get picked, especially in the in the youngsters and your cheapies. Then they get picked on the Tuesday and you've got to rebuild your whole team whilst you're also looking at your own team that they've picked <laughs> and then you're looking at the opposition you're playing and, yeah, it's a hectic week, the first week of the season. So I, I don't um, specialise in super coach or um, or fantasy uh, uh, footy, but I am in a sort of uh, fantasy comp with a, with a mate of mine as his co-coach 
and um, the anxiety that I feel uh, leading up to that team list Tuesday because because we had a moment in our draft where he wanted to pick one player and I said, well, I think we should go with experience here. And uh, we went with my decision. He said, we should make a note of this conversation. I want to know who was right at the end of the year. And I'm like, I don't need that pressure. <laughs> okay, I don't need that hanging over me for 24 rounds. But, um, but yeah, the footy's back. And um, it's uh, just a – this is because this is really the last week of the off season where anything is still possible. Like come next Monday, <laughs> you, you, you're going to have an idea of where you're at one way or the other. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. You know, like you sort of look at the trials, you look at your squad, and you you sort of have a feel of where your team's at. But yeah, and that first week's funny. Like the results there, everyone sort of thinks that's how they are for the season, and you know the betting markets all change, and it's yeah, the first week of the season is crazy. Uh, we're sort of anticipating that there's going to be a lot of disappointed people who have um, put their mortgages on the nights to take out the wooden spoon uh, come Monday. But having said that, we're playing the Roosters round one, so they may uh, feel a lot more confident in their bet um, come approximately 5pm Saturday. Absolutely. It's, it's a bit of a different thing for us this year. not playing at home. We've, what, three or four in a row at home first yep. round? Yep. Um, you know, the last couple of years at least have been games that we'll, you know, we almost thought we well, we have to win these. We're going to make the finals, you know. Even though it's round one, you're like, well, these games games you need to win. So there's been a bit of pressure going into round one. And um, remember last year it was torrential rain, and the have it any other way. Was the the hang the hang of COVID over everything. Mm, yeah, so um, I don't mind that we're sort of playing away from home. I'm excited about going to the SCG. Like as we did discuss with Harry, it's not the best place to sort of watch football. But anytime you get to go to the SCG is um, good fun. And look, you know, for you and I, a season of no excuses. Well, there's no excuses this Saturday. The team says they're ready. Kalen Ponga says he wants to win. There's no better way to prove that than going away from home round one one and beating the, the team that I think will will win the comp this year. Yeah, it's certainly a chance to put a marker down for the side, isn't it? You know, and the Roosters aren't a team that traditionally hit the ground at a million miles an hour. They build into their season generally. Mm. Last year, they're sort of the injury stopped them in their tracks, but, you know, they generally build into their season. They don't they don't hit the ground like Melbourne do. So, you know, I wouldn't say it's a chance to roll over them. You know, they're still going to be the Roosters. But, yeah, it's not a bad time to get them, I think. Yes and no. I think historically you're normally right about that. But I did remember, I think they beat uh, uh, Tommy Turboless Manly about 40 points to nothing in round one last year at the SCG. Yeah, but Cessnock would have beat them 50 to nothing. So, <laughs> that Manly team are legless without Tommy Turbo. <laughs> Mate, let's um, let's jump straight into it. One of the things that you and I sort of wanted to do was, um, and we haven't really discussed this beforehand. We wanted to share our notes on what we think uh, we think the starting seventeens should be versus what we think the starting seventeens will be. Um, Bretto, I, I reckon when it comes to the substantive elements of uh, footy, you are much more the expert than I am. So uh, I'm putting you on the spot. Let's get let's get it uh, out in the open, mate. Who do you think? should be lining up for 1-17 to Newcastle Knights when the team lists drop tomorrow afternoon? So when the team list actually drops tomorrow afternoon, I think I, th- I think this will be the team and I'm happy with this team. Okay. So I'm taking into account injuries and all that sort of stuff. Yep. And I think it'll be uh, Ponga, Chihuahua, Gagai, Best, Young, Clifford, Clune for the back line. Which sort of, and I think, I don't think you're going to find too many people that disagree with that. No, I think I think that's pretty, pretty sort of locked in, locked in with, with Heimel injured. Uh, across the front row, Clement Randall Saifidi is 
all but confirmed by the coach already. Dan Saifidi. Uh, Dan Saifidi, sorry, yep, Dan, yep, yep. Um, Frizz and Barney in the back row. Yep. My only thing with that is that I didn't know that AOB is keen to give Barney a bit of run up front, so I think that he'll start in the back row uh, this week, but I think there's a chance that he may become a bench guy. But that's, you know, that's a sort of different discussion. And Kurt Mann will definitely be at lock. Mm-hmm. Um, on the bench, I've got uh, Phoenix at the 14 utility role. Jacob at 15. Uh, Fitzy as your backup uh, back rower. And 17 is I've got Brody Jones in there if he's fit because he's, he's actually fit to play, but whether they want to give him a run in reserve grade, uh, before he plays first grade, and if, if Brody's fit to play, he'll play. But if not, uh, Jairo will certainly be the, the last guy in the 17. Yep. And you, so you think that's that's the team that will get named tomorrow afternoon? Yeah, you know, it's probably not going to be 100%, but I'd, I'd be very shocked if there was more than one one wrong there, I'd, I'd say. Yep. All right, so I, I don't think you're going to find too much different um, with the team that oh, I think... I'm, I'm going to give you the team that I think should be picked. Um Obviously, Ponga at one, uh, Tuala at uh, two, Gagai at three, uh, Bradman at four, Young at five, um, Clifford at six, and then you've got uh, Clune at seven. So that's my that's my one to seven. That's, a, that's exactly the same as yours. Same front row as well. Uh, I've got um, Dan Safidi, uh, Chris the Chad Randall, and um, Dave Clemmer starting. Obviously, Dave is confirmed by Adam O'Brien. Uh, the team that I think should be named tomorrow, I actually do think that the back row should be Tyson Frizzell, and I think Jaira should start tomorrow. Let me name my seventeen, and then I'll and then I'll give you the heads up as to why I've um, gone with that one. Um, and yeah, I think Kurt Mann at uh, thirteen. I think I think he's going to be a bit of a game breaker for us. Um, Phoenix, yeah, obviously picks himself at uh, 14, uh, and then I've got Jacob Saifidi at um, 15. I've got then Mitch Barnett at um, 16, and the lucky 17th, let me scroll, scroll, scroll back through my notes, I would just love to give it a run out, run out of the bag, Chuck Leo Thompson in there to start. Now, I'm not starting Barney, for the simple reason that, as you said, I think uh, he offers us a bit more as an impact player. Now, I've been thinking a lot about Barney over the off-season, and I think if he really wants to fulfil that enforcer role that he's so renowned for, he's not an 80-minute player anymore because what we're getting out of Barney over the last couple of years is sort of that middling forward across the 80 minutes with occasional moments, not even every game, but every two or three games here or there. So I think his role is more suited to that impact off the bench. And that's why I think Jaira starting gives us that mobility and that freshness. And I just think he looked really sort of uh, quick and ready to go uh, when we played that trial um, against the, um, the, the, the Bulldogs. And Leo Thompson, I just think for the X factor, I think chuck him in there, give him a run. He looks like he's ready. He looks like he's rearing. He looks like he's hungry. And, you know, I don't think it's going to do too much damage to him playing the best team in the comp in round one, 
coming off the bench and just saying, get out there, fella, and let rip. So that's my thinking in respect of where those three selections have sort of come along that I think are slightly um, slightly different to, to yours. Yeah, no arguments for me on any of those, mate. I, I fully agree on Barney. I'm a big you know, advocate for the fact that I think that Barney's best football is two 25-minute stints of going ballistic. Yeah. You know, I, I think that he's, um, yeah, he's, he's your guy that just comes on, impacts, drives the line speed, uh Runs runs the ball off the back fence, all that sort of stuff. I think I really do think you're right. Like he, off, off 80, he can play eighty minutes. He can play eighty minutes of solid football, but he can only play eighty minutes of solid football. Yes. Um. You know, I, I think we've got guys that can do that for you know near enough to eighty minutes. You know, if, if you want that role, I think Fitzy can do that role. You know, if you, if you want a guy that can just play eighty minutes, lock it in on one side, and just be solid for eighty minutes, I think Fitzy's your man. I think Barney is the guy that can really impact the game in two twenty-five minutes stints. So. Um, I think I think it says a lot about it because remember uh, Suaso Su I think is suspended from um, from the finals game against the Eels last and year. And he'll so, also be out for at least a month because of shoulder reconstruction. So so it's another opportunity as well to sort of blood some players there and just give them that exposure uh, in the early rounds. Granted, though, we have we have got a fairly tough uh, first month of footy, so I don't know how much you want to. You want to expose them there. But I just think in that first round, um, Leo Thompson has shown enough to me that he's really hungry to sort of get out there and um, and give it a go. And I think Lockie Fitzgibbon, for me, misses out. My explanation for that is more the same as O'Brien promoting Clemmer. Well, that's nothing again. That's not a, a disparagement against uh, JSAF. That's just how well Clemmer has done, and I think the seventeen players that I've that I've sort of mentioned there have shown enough to say, yeah, look, I, I think they've earned the right to really um, to have that first crack come round one. And Lockie, you know, this is an opportunity for you to lift your game and get take it to that next level to be that explosive forward that we've seen before to work your way back into the seventeen. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I think a big issue with Lockie is he's. His last couple of years have been so hampered by injury and stuff that he's yep. the sort of guy that needs to play week on week on week. He sort of builds his form. Yeah, I really do think that a run of you know seven or eight games in reserve grade would do him the world of good. Just play eighty minutes every week, run over a few people, you know, run that line. He runs so well, score some tries, get full of confidence, and then hit the ground in first grade running. I really do think that that'd be ideal for Lockie. Yep, but I don't I don't think that'll happen. I think he'll play on the bench. Because you know AOB is clearly a big fan, but now he's a guy that really, really needs a run of a run of games and then run into form. And yeah, I, I, I could really sort of see him having a good stint in Reggie's and then yeah, hit the ground running in first grade. The only the only t- player for me that I sort of tossed and turned about and um, also like back and forth a bit about was was actually Brody. I, I um. Because I, I love Brody and I think that um, he's got all of the sort of pieces in place. Um, you know, to be uh, not necessarily a star player for us, but a key component of what it is that we're trying to achieve. Um, and so I dropped him off the bench for for Leo. Um, again, it was probably more with the mind that it's going to be a long season and I think Brody's going to play a lot of footy for us. Um, and so I just didn't think we – if I put – if you put Leo on and he performs the way you think he will, well, that compensates for what you put, potentially lose from Brody – who is going to play his part throughout the season anyway? Yeah, I don't disagree with that, but I kind of 
I don't know. I'm in, I'm in the mindset with Brody and a few other guys that they've earned the coaches' trust. They've earned the right yeah. in, the, in the first 17 picked. Yep. You know, like Leo, Leo yeah, Leo looks sensational. And I think I think by the end of the season, he'll be locked in on that bench as, an, as our impact middle. But, you know, I just think that guys like Brody have earned that right to get first first crack at it. I don't disagree um, with yeah, that. Yeah, you know, I think I think it'd be a bit of disrespect. Not disrespect's not the right word. But it wouldn't be fair to Brody to just, oh, sorry, mate, this young kid's had a, had a good couple of trial games. We don't yep. care how much you've played well the last two years, you're out. Yep. And and I th- and to be honest with you, I, th- I think that's probably the way to go with it. And that's why, um, like, I, re- I really like the side that um, that you've named. Uh, and, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly confident that that's the one that's going to get um, named by O'Brien tomorrow. Mate, this, this is pure speculation. Um, do you reckon there is any sniff that there is just any just possible way in any any if we live in a multiverse in in, an infinite number of universes that uh, Edric Lee gets named tomorrow and the only reason I ask is because you know Adam O'Brien's pumping his tires up in terms of what a big um, part of the club he was when he got re-announced you know, we had that um, that fantastic piece about him uh, by Nick Campton on the uh, ABC Sports um, page. Is Edric – he might not get named, but is he a chance to be running out um, on that wing in place of Dom Young come uh, Saturday afternoon? Um, I'm not going to say it's not a possibility, yeah. In the infinite number of uh, universes, um, I think I think that he I think there is somewhere Edric plays. I think if Edric was fit, he would play. I don't think there's any doubt at all he would play. Mm. But obviously, with the injury, they're being extra cautious, and he just frankly hasn't had much time on the training paddock. Yeah. yeah. Um. I think I now I don't I think and I think Edric needs to build a bit of self confidence because a year out with that sort of injury, where three or four times he was ready to play and then blew up again you know i can just imagine what's going on between his ears so i really i really do think that um yeah we'll be doing edric a bit of a disservice to just chuck him straight in um but i i I think by the by our second home game he'll be in the starting team really yeah so that will be against because that sort of brings me to a bit of a point of you know our starting of my of my best 17 and i think edric should have a 17 yep uh it's so um it's purely academic now, but if um, if Heimel was fit, uh, who out of Tuala or Young misses out? Uh, Young. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and that that probably makes sense. So um, so you th- so hang so just I want to backtrack a little. Seventh of April, Thursday night, home ga- second home game of the season against the Sea Eagles. Uh, you think uh, Edric will be back in the reckoning? Nay, back in the side. I think it would be back in the side. Yep. Wow. There we go. Oh, I, I, I don't have any issues with that. I'll, I um, um, he plays quite well for us against the Sea Eagles as well. So, uh, yeah, that'd be good. He's really like, and Adam O'Brien talked about it on the pods. He's really important to how our backline defends. You know, he, we all yeah. note him for how well he returns the ball, and he does it, and it's a big advantage for us to him playing that way. But he's a real key to how we defend because he has the ability that if we are short, mm. to just get stick that long arm out and knock it down. Yep. Because the way we, we defend that up and in style, and it really, really, really suits the way any defends. Because, yeah, you charge up and in, and a lot of times you'll make a really good shot. At the very least, he generally gets his hand on the ball. And that I think Adam O'Brien uh, notes that too. 
Bredo, it's it's nearly um, twenty minutes into the pod, and we've done something we probably haven't done to date. We have actually we actually haven't uh, talked much about Kalen Ponga, mate. I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to shake it up a little bit. I'm backing KP to, for three try slash try involvement. So whether so try or try assists. So. I think he'll, he'll either score a hat-trick or he'll assist in two and score one. But I think KP is just champing at the bit to get out there on Saturday and show us what he can do. Do you hope you're right? Um, no, I, I, <laughs> I don't put it past him, mate. I, I think you're right. Whether it's this week or not, he's going to hit the ground running this year. I, I'm ultra-confident... By the time we get the Magic Round, he'll be leading the Dally M. I'm not saying he'll win the Dally M, but at that point of Magic Round, round 10 or whatever it is, mm-hmm. I think Kane will be front in the Dally M. And also, we're making the assumption that he'll stay um, he'll stay fully fit for this this season. He's only had really the one injury-hampered season with us to date, uh, which was last season. Um, but look, I, I think there are, I think there are three there are three factors at play as to why I say that. Well, maybe maybe four, but I think the first factor is that. He wants to. He wants to show himself. He wants to show the people that he can perform against the best. And there's none better than the Sydney Roosters at home. So, I, so I think that's the first part. That he he's he really liked the challenge of um of going down to Sydney and putting in a show. I think the second reason for me is Connor Watson. I think if KP is anything like. Adam O'Brien has described him, and anything like you and I think he is when it can, when it comes to, you know, walking in the footsteps of Andrew Johns. I think he will just do everything in his power to make sure that he doesn't lose to Connor on Saturday. He's a competitive savage. He yeah. is a competitive savage. Yeah. The third thing is I think he was busting in those trials, and the reason I say that is that. There were a couple of times in defence where he was too and like I actually think he was too energetic, particularly on that first Ockenbor try, where I was watching him do flips in midair after contact, and I was like, "Oh my god, man, why are you trying to damage yourself in a trial?" But he didn't do anything in attack, and I think he was just trying to get through the game and just waiting for the for the games that matter to really get himself involved in in both aspects. And I guess there is a fourth one in terms of, I think he does hear the criticism a little bit, and I think he does sort of, um, I don't think he believes it, but I think he does hear the criticism that, you know, he's not all in, that he doesn't show up again. So this is a big team. It's round one, it's Sydney. Um, so I, you know, I think those four factors, yeah, three try slash try involvements, at least from uh, from KP on Saturday afternoon. Um, I didn't note that AAB was mentioning that, like, obviously in the trials, they didn't show a lot of what they've been working on in, in the attack. Mm-hmm. And I think I think most of that's Caelan. I think, you know, Caelan wasn't involved because they just weren't running the, the stuff that they, you know, they've been working on. I think they were just running through their basic stuff, trying to work out, work on their combinations between Clifford, Clune, those sort of guys, Gaga. Absolutely. They were just running those combinations. I think that what AAB said, they kept up their sleeve and want to show. I think that's all the Caelan stuff. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that, mate. I, I think um, I think you you're pretty spot on with your seventeen. I, I do anticipate that that's what we're going to see um, uh, come four o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And 
yeah, I just uh, I can't wait for the uh, for the teams to be announced and for uh, Thursday night to finally kick off. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, <laughs> the last night, mate. Let's just get through it. <laughs> so, mate, we'll um, we'll get straight into the season preview, our predictions, and I'm sure our hot takes will be. Be uh, widely disputed across the social medias, but first, my first sort of interest is our best seventeen. What we think is the best seventeen we could put on the park if the Knights' curse is lifted for one week, and we only want it for one week because it's never happened. And every <laughs> every player on the thirty-man squad is fit. Now, you, as I gave you through them, you sort of anything you might dispute, you yep. jump in, okay? Yep, I'm. I'm right. I'm so obviously, ready to keep you keep you honest. Right, eh? so obviously Ponger at one, no Hang doubt. on, right, back Ooh. it up. No, kidding, go. <laughs> <laughs> For first one that may be disputed, I've got Eddie Lee at, at number two. So you, so you genuinely think that that Eddie is one of the two best wingers in our club when fit? Yes, yeah, I've no doubt at all that if we were one to seventeen in terms of fitness, AOB picks Eddie Lee as quickly as he picks Hamilton. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, look, I I mean, uh, we sort of forget, and again, this was something Nick Campton talked about, was um, uh, his last game was a State of Origin winning decider. <laughs> so he's a, he's a rep, yeah, he's, he's a, he's a rep he footy. He was great that year, mate. He, and he's been great. He hasn't played enough for us. Yeah. That's that's the thing. Like, we win a lot when he plays. He just hasn't played enough. Yep. So, so right. yeah, so obviously Gags, Gags will be at three. Bradman, Bradman will be at four. Heimel at five. I don't think there's any gap that Heimel's on the other wing, is there? There's not. It's so essentially where we're at is that when fit, um, and we've been saying this for two years though, uh, Tuala misses out. He doesn't. He doesn't make the. Uh, he doesn't make the seventeen. And he's unlucky to miss out. Yeah. He's absolutely unlucky to miss out, and if you know things don't go in his way, and, and he just can't get his body right, Tuala slots into that spot comfortably, and I don't think anyone sort of worries too much. Yep, true. No, I, I think that's a I think that's a fair assessment. I, I probably agree with that. And I think I think of all of them, I think Dom will be the one that yeah, you know, probably not this year, but certainly next year. I think next year Dom starts on the wing and doesn't ever lose that spot. But I think this year we sort of we need Dom to, you know, get some more experience in the lower grades when possible. Yep. All right. No, I, I think um I'm I think you're um you're probably right about that one. Uh, Clifford at six and Clune at seven, pending any signings. But, you know, I think at what's on paper at the moment, there's certainly six and seven. And I'm not sure even we've got Milford. Milford would push in front of those immediately. He might eventually, but he certainly won't take Clifford's spot. And I think we're all pretty happy that Clune's going to do a good job at seven too. Look, I, I do want to talk a little bit about Clune just for a moment. If I, I mean, I, I do hope we're not doing him a disservice by uh, with the, with our Looney Clunes bandwagon. We're actually genuine about that. Like some of the stuff that yeah, we've no, this, seen... yeah, this is this isn't a bit. We're not doing a bit. This is actually what we think. Yeah. So we've um we like we we some of the stuff that we saw in the trials we highlighted just one play in and of itself. But we actually have heard you know people who've seen them train who um you know who, who know who are happy with how the boys are going. He is already well respected within those four walls um, of the Newcastle Knights, and when you've got a halfback in, you know, who who has that dominant role, 
who has the not necessarily the trust, but he, the team around him sort of backs him in what he's doing. That's such a big plus, and so we we really do think that. Um, Adam Clune has just been hugely underrated coming into this season, probably by probably by us as well. But what he's proven to a lot of people in Newcastle at the moment is that um, he's doing more than just the right things. And uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think he's probably going to do more than enough to uh, establish that um, that must select. Uh, or you know, the, one of those people is like, yeah, we 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 select this guy at seven without any hesitation. Um, yeah, we think the talent really is going to um, show itself this season. Yeah, I really hope that we get to the point that if we do sign uh, Milford, Milford's 14. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's just a backup half. You know, to me, that that would be ideal because it means Clifford and Clune are going well. Yep, agreed. Um, the other thing with Clune is I think it's the modern trend now that halfbacks need to mature. Um, so many gun guys that have looked outstanding when they first hit first grade in the 19, 20, 21 age bracket. Only the absolute cherries, cherries, the elites, are the guys that sort of you know make it. There's so many guys like your Ash Taylors and the like that looked outstanding for a season or two, mm. and just have you know just haven't kicked on because of the pressure of playing halfback at first grade level. And the, the mature guys have, have done well. You know, you Cody Walk, I think it was 26 when he played first grade. Even DCE was 23, 24 before he'd, he'd made that manly team. You know, yep. like the mature and what's clean, 25? You know, he's, he's in that same sort of age bracket. That um, that mature halfback is, is, is a real thing because you, it's such it's such an important position, especially in modern football. There's so much pressure on the seven. The seven's always been important in rugby league, but the way the modern game is played, the seven is everything, and you need to have a mature head to be able to handle a lot of that pressure. So we're going to digress a little bit here because I want to put you to task on that, as I do enjoy doing. You still maintain that the half back is the dominant position on the game. On the sorry, let me start again. You still maintain that the half back is the dominant position in the game, taking into consideration the way the hooker role has developed to be that sort of fulcrum of how you start the attack and then that, you know, combined with the defensive load that they carry, you still think that the halfback is more important than that role even? I th- you're right about the hooker spot. And fullback's the same too. Full- a fullback is just important. All those spine positions now are key. But the rugby league landscape still is the halfback's the lightning rod. Yeah. Whether it's external pressure or just fan pressure or whatever, Everyone looks at the halfback. Like the the yep. Tigers have got so many problems, but Luke Brooks, the most Brooks has, has been quite solid. Two years ago, he was halfback of, of the year. They like halfback still expected to carry that burden, and then for a lot of guys, it's too much. Yep. You need to be able to handle the pressure of running the football team and the external noise as well to be able to survive in the game. And yeah, you're right. Nine is important. But if a team's struggling, people aren't going, oh, we're going to sack the hooker. They're going to sack the halfback. So with all that in mind then, the history of the number seven jersey in Newcastle, we think that Adam Clune is really up to the task of being able to carry all of that and wear that number seven uh, with confidence when he comes out for the Newcastle Knights in season 2022. I absolutely think that. And I think that he's not Jared Mullen. People aren't saying yeah. he's the next Andrew Johns. People people aren't piling all the pressure on him. People are just hoping he's going to be solid. And I think he's going to meet expectations and exceed most people's expectations for him. 
Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think from all reports, what we've heard about him, he's um, he's got a very solid um, head on his shoulders. Uh, he's really excited about playing for his the, the club he supported is is, is um, as a as a young fan, and uh, he's here to prove a point as well. I think he sort of sees this as his big opportunity to really show what, he, what he's made of, and I'm and I'm glad he wants to show that for the for the Newcastle Knights. Absolutely. So the Ford Pack, mate. I've uh, got uh, Clemmer at eight. Yep. Brails at nine, obviously halfway through the season when fit. Yep. Uh, Dan Safidi at ten. I think okay, that's so, all sort of pretty. So let's let's get straight into that. So so you you are of the opinion that David Clemmer now is one of the two best props in the Newcastle Knights. Ja- Jacob Safidi, off the back of uh, Player of the Year performance, he had that starting spot spot was his last year. Clemmer is still the man. Yes, and part of that comes into Jacob being unlucky, the fact that he's Daniel's twin brother in the sense that I'm with AOB in that I want a Safidi on the field for 80 minutes. Yeah. And Dan and, is and the... I, I, I really do feel at stages this year, Dan will play off the bench. Really? I think those three guys will be rotated. Dan will, Dan will be the one most consistently starting, but I think all three of those guys will rotate between the same rotation just yeah, you know, just to give it all a run, takes the pressure off each guy. Everyone gets a shot. The, the, to me, they're one A, one B, one C. There's not a lot between them. Mate, I don't, uh, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, but bring it home. Let's uh, let's get through this back row uh, and uh, down to the lock. Right, eh? so Frizz is an easy one. Picks himself. Mm-hmm. Then the other one to me, it's Jairam Mamasia. I agree. I think that Jaira could be anything. I and I, he, as much as I love Barney and I love Fitzy and I even love Brody, they don't have what Jaira has. Jaira has X Factor, and X Factor is what we're missing. And I think that this year he's going to show it. And by the end of the season, he will be starting on the edge. Jaira, Jaira to me is an Eva is a. a a mobile, more mobile, more athletic, tougher Felidi Mateo. Like he's he's got the skills, he's got the pace. Um, you know, his handling sort of comes and goes, but he's got the he's got the handling. But he's just got that skill set and that size. Where you're right, like he could be a centre, but you chuck him in that back row, and yeah, he he, he absolutely could be anything. Um, uh, given an, given enough opportunity at first grade to cement his spot, I think he's a more skillful Felice Kafusi. All the things yeah. Felice Kafusi can can do at Melbourne, it could do when you know when he was the probably the outstanding back row of the competition. I think Jai has all those skills, plus he has uh, better ball playing skills around the ruck. Um, yeah, I'm big on Jai. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I completely agree with you there. I think um, Jaira and Frizz in the back row for the Knights uh, would just be a powerhouse com- combination. You know, two um, big athletic units um, who run hard, who run fast, uh, and work hard in defence. Yeah, I, I think they'd more they'd blow the blow the opposition off the park. And my other thinking with Jaira is be, um, locks into who I think will play thirteen, which is Kurt Mann. Jaira, as we know, has been a middle and an edge. He's big enough to play both. I think the size of Jaira sort of um, 
helps the fact that you've got a, a smallish 13 and a smallish nine. So I like the big body, an extra big body there, even though he's playing on the edge. I think it just helps the overall size of the pack with Kurt at 13. Yep. No, I don't disagree with that at uh, all. Now, this is probably the shocker, 14. I think that this is just, oh, I get excited thinking about it. 14, Simu Sasagi. So, yep, you've got agreement from you, from you, from me. Uh, what's going on with Simi? So where is Simi at? Uh, O'Brien at least um, Simi's let got us... a minor injury called yeah. Baz Tui. Yep. Gus wasn't quite, they weren't quite ready to risk him for the trials, but nothing to be too concerned about. The key, though, is that... Yeah, Baz said if you had to play, he could have played. It was, it was the competition games and important games, and he was needed, he could have played. The key, though, is that he's still in the mix. He's he's oh. he's still in he's still one of the the top thirty ones that's that's there and he's like we we want to give you the opportunities let's get your body right and get you out there to show us what we what you've got for us. The concern for me with Simi is no one knows his position yet. Yeah, and but I think you've, I think he's so good that you've got to play him at some stage. You can't just keep saying oh, we've got Simi, we've got Simi, we've got Simi. You've either got to pick him in a position and play him there, or he's got to be your fourteen. You've you need to have that boy in the team. He just offers so much that we don't have. Um, yeah, no, I, I think he's a ready-made fourteen. He can yep. play. He can play. He can play wing. He can play centre. He can play the halves. He can play lock. He can play at an edge. Well, he could easily teach him to play at hooker as backup hooker. Will he want to do that? Oh yeah, I, I honestly, I think that Simi's the sort of guy that knows his utility because we've already shuffled him around the team and he did that in reserve grade plenty. I think he just wants to be in the team. He um, He's a guy that he'll be a bit like Connor. At some stage, he's going to go, well, no, I want a position. You pick me somewhere. But for the time being, I think he'd be more than happy to be playing 14. Yeah. All right. No, I, mate, I, I'm I'm on board for with that. If I was a bit more creative, I'd be able to think of an awesome uh, bandwagon name for him as well. But, um, yeah, no, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm a Simi Sasagi fan as well. I love it. We're Simi Sims. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All right, you've got three more. You got three more players to name. So you back up uh, middle forward. Your prop forward is obviously Jacob, as I said. But I think I think those three will yeah rotate around a little bit. Yep. Uh, Sixteen is Barney. So he'll be essentially an extra middle forward plus your backup edge if needed. Uh, you know, if you need a guy to come and play big minutes, and at seventeen. Um, I think I think Brody, only because as I said, I, th- I think that he still deserves being that best seventeen. But yeah. I think Leo Thompson will be really pushing for that back end of the seventeen by the end of the season. Yeah, mate, I'm 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 loving what I'm seeing from Leo so far, and uh, it's I, a I, different body shape. He's a body shape we don't have. Yeah, he's just this and, big... yeah, and that's been a that's been a big criticism of us. We've got a lot of the same body shapes. Yep. Um, Leo's is completely opposite. You know, he's low to the ground. He's five foot wide, and he's got good leg speed and good spill, uh, skill, you know. So, yeah, no, he's he's excitingly. I'm really excited. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd love to, to see him just grab a spot and say, no, nah, you're not getting me out of this team now. Yeah, and because I, I think they've given him that top 30 shot ex- exactly for that reason because I think this – and that's why I think they've brought him in top 30 is because I think they just um, – yeah, they want to give him a chance as early as they can. As they can, I think uh, just some of the aggression and it was good controlled aggression that I saw in um, uh, in the trial games. It was just like, yeah, that's that's the stuff that I want to be seeing from. Um, He's the stuff from, that I was hoping we were going to see from Pasami Solo. 
Yes. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the stuff that Pasami, you know, showed in the lower grades, and I thought, oh, Pasami's going to do that when he gets to first grade. But Pasami, the aggression's been put in the wrong places too many times. Yep. Um, yeah, Leo, you know, it's only early, but hopefully that he sort of learnt those lessons in his short time in rugby league. And he played he's from a rugby background. So from a rugby background, rugby is so strict on anything reasonably even to half high. Yep. So his whole life he's learnt to tackle around the ribcage. Yes. So I think that the ingrainedness of tackling, you know, below the armpits is something that he's really, really sort of comes naturally to him. And he won't have those issues that Wasabi's had of the of the, ball, the hit sliding up and, you know, regular uh, sim bins, regular suspensions. Yep. No, I love it, mate. Look, I, I think um, I think the good thing about the side that you've sort of uh, highlighted there at our best is um, is some of the players that sort of miss out. I mean, I'm sort of thinking, like, Bailey Hodgson is a bit of an unknown at the moment. Um, but as we pointed out, uh, Tuala, like, uh, he could probably uh, get He'd get a run in any other side. Um, I'm curious to see what um, Christian Mapapalengi uh, has to offer, but he's a bit of an All unknown raps, as well. Mate, the raps are huge. Yeah, yeah. The rap, oh, mate, the, the raps on that kid are unbelievable. Out of this world, you know, like, um, yeah, some of the people that, that are in the know said Manly were devastated to lose him. And the, just the things they've seen on the tra- training paddock from him, yeah, um, he's exciting. So and so that's in the backs. But again, like a lot of a lot of you – and Phoenix Crossland, like the, the development we've seen and some of the trial form that we've seen from Phoenix, he'd be he's he'd be hugely unlucky to miss out on on at least that bench bench spot. Um, but then you look at it like Lockie Fitzgibbon. I'm just I'm reeling some off now. Uh, Matt Croker, Jack Johns, uh, Suaso Sue. You've got some talent there in the wings, who if they were called in to still maintain that spot. They're going to do more than an adequate job. So I think the point I take from what you sort of said there, Bredo, is um, this depth issue that everyone seems to think is a concern for us. We don't see it. <laughs> yeah, and and that's like, – we're the Knights. We're going to get injuries across the board. That's who we are. Nothing changed. Nothing's even changed early part of this year. We need, we need guys that can just slot in – and, and the drop-off be, you know, very, very minimal. And I think that the actual drop-off to some of those guys, there isn't any. I think, you know, there's so many of those guys that are live ball to make that best 17, the next four or five guys off off the mark to get into the team would just slot straight in. There would be a sort of negligible difference, you know, other than obviously Kaylin, Cliff, uh, Brailsel obviously is going to hurt us. DSAF missing would hurt us. But, yeah, the rest of them, I think, you know, it's pretty even across the board. Come on, mate. Let's 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 jump straight into the nitty gritty. <laughs> you and I know what our best, what we think our best seventeen is. Come on, mate. It's dicks on the table time. Where are the knights finishing in two thousand and twenty-two, and why? The knights are finishing fifth. Yeah, and the reason that's... why they're finishing fifth is because the injuries will be less than last year. Our drills fairly similar, slightly harder. But we will be almost unbeatable with Donald Jones Stadium this year. Yeah. I, I've got us finishing fifth as well. Um, I have I don't have the Rabbitohs falling off as much as everybody else. Um, and I've got the Roosters taking the fourth spot away from Manly. 
So, but yeah, I've I've got. I think I I can I can just see where we fit we where we win fourteen games this season, and I think that that is enough for us to jag fifth, maybe sixth spot, and uh, and host a final this year. Yeah, I think mainly the sliders. I think mainly are a bottom half of the eight, like a seventh or an eighth sort of team. Yep. Um, I think the Titans are overrated. I think they'll be just outside the eight instead of just inside the eight. Yep. Um, but you've got to take into account that a team like the Knights, where home games are important, missed, you know, what, we missed four, five or six home games last year? Yep. Um, there's, there's just natural ways we can improve. I don't I don't see the expected drop-off. So I've got, I've got the, the Titans finishing 13th. I didn't actually do that on purpose. I was sort of charging through as many of these games as I could. But I've got them finishing with an 8 and 16 record. Did they finished with a 10 and 14 record last year, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they people forget because the Titans were the Jekyll and Hyde last year. When they were good, they were so good. Mm. People forgot when they were bad, they were disgustingly awful. Yeah. You know, people and I, that's understandable. And that, that's that's the difference. Like when we won, we just win, but we we're also pretty bloody pathetic when we lost. Yes. Um, the Titans, when they won, they looked fantastic, and that's where they've developed this reputation of you know as a quality side. And, and frankly, I don't think Holbrook's much of a coach. So um, I've got the Storm uh, winning. I've got them winning the minor premiership. I've got the Panthers coming second. I, look, I, don't get me wrong. Maybe I am overestimating the the Rabbitohs, but every time I looked at one of their games and their opposition, I was like, yeah, they'll probably win that. Yeah, they'll probably win that. So I had them coming third. Now, I know I, I sort of settled. I've got the Roosters winning the comp. I don't know why I've got them finishing fourth, um, but I've got, like, I've got them with about 17 wins for the season. Knights fifth with 14 and 10. Eels sixth with 14 and 10 as well, but... Uh, we go ahead of them on the head-to-head. I think we'll I think we'll get the win over them this year. I do have the Bulldogs finishing seventh, and I have the Broncos jagging that eighth spot. I don't know how, but I've got the Broncos only winning eleven games this year. Yeah, I think it's going to be very similar to last year. I think the top six will be there'll be a big gap for the top six and the rest. Yep. Um, I think the teams will make the eight below five hundred. I think that'll happen again. Um, yeah, I you know I don't I I don't rate the Bulldogs. I think the Bulldogs will be definitely improved, but I I don't think they'll be anywhere near the eight. Um, Parramatta, the one for me. I just can't get a read on them. I I'm really I, on their on paper their team's fantastic. Yes. Um, Brad Arthur is Brad Arthur. I don't think he's much good, but you know, it's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> and I just really worry that if Parramatta started felt started to feel a bit of pressure. All the guys leaving, all the turmoil that's been in that club, yep. will just shine through. And and simply because it always has, it's Parramatta. As soon as things aren't great on field, the whole club turns the water, and the board start fighting, and the coach is under pressure. And yeah, that's um, it's a pressure cooker, Parramatta. And I'm really sort of thinking they might might implode this year. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with any of that. Now, look, I, I want to have a look at my – because I've actually got three teams on 11 wins this year. So the Raiders and the Sea Eagles in ninth and 10th. Um, I know – and, again, I only did this based a little bit on last season's form and then the draw as it was presented. So I've got the Sharks finishing 11th, and I've got them on 10 wins again. And I'm pretty sure they finished on 10 wins last year as well. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. 
Uh, Dragons 12th, Titans 13th, Warriors 14th. That's Nathan Brown. I think on paper, with a better coach, I think they're a top eight side. I just don't think Nathan Brown... They're not Brown... playing at home still, that's them. Oh, and that's exactly right. Uh, Tigers 15th, Cowboys 16th. And can I... I don't think that's the way 13, 14, 15, 16 are going to go. I was really just more focusing on the Knights and sort of... But, um, but yeah, I, I think I think there are fourteen wins in us this season, and um, I think I think fifth spot is um, is entirely attainable for us. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think you know I'm, I'm really happy that if we got a fair run with injury, fifth or sixth is about our spot. Um, question without notice, mate. Who do you think's got the big variance? Who do you think could go be anywhere from you know up in the top four to missing the eight? What's your team there? Uh, the team, I think, with that potential aside from us, uh, I think, is the Rabbitohs. They are just such Ooh, an un- they are just I such an unknown. South, I don't think South can miss the eight. I think they've got too many good players in the spine to be missing the eight. Even without Reynolds, you know, yep. Walker, Latrell, Cook. I think that you know, at the least, they're going to finish five hundred, and that's going to make you the eight for you. For me, it's Manly. They're 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 a turbo injury away from finishing fourteenth. A couple of things on that, which I don't disagree with, by the way. Um, and look, I I went through the Rabbitohs draw. I've got them finishing third. So I I sort of the I think the big three departures though for them that kind of get overlooked, I think actually might have an impact when you combine them all. The first one is obviously Adam Reynolds. Now I don't think Adam Reynolds was the linchpin in that Rabbitohs side last year. But I do think they relied quite heavily on his kicking game, and no one replaces that. Like there's just there's just no one in that starting seventeen, or no one in those halves. Cody doesn't replace that. You know the kicking game that Adam Reynolds. Latrell does have a big kicking game on him, and you sort of if you're going to play him at fullback, how much how much extra responsibility are you going to give to him? So so that's the first unknown for me. The second unknown I think is Dane Gagai. You know, we're talking up this arrival yeah, of, this, I agree there. of this origin um, centre who's coming to play. For, well, South have got to cater for losing that now. But the third thing for me is actually I do think Wayne Bennett is a loss. Jason Demetriou is a huge unknown. He's got massive raps, but every assistant coach who's worked under you – know, Adam O'Brien had massive raps coming to the, to the Knights – Jason Dimitri is just this big unknown that we don't know what he's going to do. So I've got them finishing third, but with those losses combined, a couple of injuries thrown in, a couple of results suddenly start not going their way, I can conceivably see them missing the eight. But I do agree with you about Manly. The only thing I want to say about Manly is that I've sort of tried to shy away from the Tommy Tobojevic injury um, perspective. Because I've been blowing up about the, everyone with, oh, if Kaylin gets injured, you'll, well, if every team loses their star player, they're, they're, they're probably in trouble. Oh, so. yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely agree. But I, I agree with that sort of, you know, your star player. But I think that mainly, and the nice sort of said, but mainly especially, they were one of the worst teams of all time last year, that Tommy. Yeah. Which they shouldn't be. They've got, you know, the second best halfback in the competition. They've got a nice forward pack. They've got plenty of great outside backs. Now, Kieran Foran, you know, like they've got a good side, but they were abysmal without him. Absolutely disgraceful how bad they were. You know, they were getting 50 put on them every week. It's, um, yeah, it's just, I'm just going by what I've actually seen with my eyes. And, yeah, yeah. They, they were they were so bad without him. 
Well, it, and this is the funny thing about the conversation we're having. The, the table that I've predicted, it literally agrees with exactly what you're saying. Well, you don't think that the Rabbitohs can miss the eight. I've got them finishing third. And you think the team with the biggest potential to slide out of the four is a seagull. Yeah, I've, I've got them finishing 10th. So um, I've, I've said that I disagree with you, and I've literally predicted that you're right. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the, other, the other thing I was going to say about Dimitri is I agree. Like, he's completely unknown, but... The, the one caveat and the thing that gives me a bit of confidence in it is the fact that, yeah, he's had that reputation. He's had that reputation for a long time. Yeah. But he's been Wayne's right-hand man for so long. And Wayne actually took him to South with him and then embedded him into that into, into the South club. So he's not something like Bellamy, uh, like uh, O'Brien that's come from Bellamy to Robinson to the Knights and yep. he's gone in the Knights cold. You know, he's learnt the Wayne style, but he's learnt the Wayne style at Souths. Yeah. Those players all know him, and he had a big hand in the way they played last year, by all accounts. Um, yeah, he was he was a very, he was very involved in, in Souths, and I think that that's a, a big advantage for them this year. I think the other thing as well is when it comes to assistant coaches from Wayne, I mean, sure, you've got your, your Ivan, Hen, Ivan Henjacks, but by the same token, I mean, Hook's not the worst coach going around, and obviously Craig Bellamy, he did all right. So Wayne does has does have actually have a bit of history in sort of showing that he has that ability to groom good assistant coaches into full-time rugby league coaches. Yeah, he's not at the Broncos. Well, that's <laughs> that's that's, that's a whole other story. That's uh yeah. So so yeah, mate, I honestly I think that that's a bit of Wayne. I think Wayne doesn't want anyone else to be a good coach at the Broncos. Whoa. Hot take. Hello. That's controversial. So no, no I'm, I'll flesh that out with you a little bit. So you you think there's a bit of uh, pettiness in Wayne in terms of he wants. Oh, absolutely. To I think that Wayne. I think that Wayne thinks he's bigger than the Broncos. But he wanted. But he wanted Jason Jason to take over at the Broncos when he finished there. Um. Yeah, he said that. Did he actually believe it? <laughs> Fair call. Mate, we, we've got the Knights finishing fifth. Um, we're hosting a home final to the Broncos. That's sort of must-win territory. Like, you, 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 you can't be – and we can't be losing three finals in a row three years in a row because that starts to become a bigger issue than just, you know, missing the finals for consecutively. We, we need to win a finals we game. We become a Yeah, that's – we need to win a finals game wherever we finish this year. In the eight, of course. Yeah, making the eight and getting and uh, losing the first week is only very mildly better than not making the eight. It's it's not it's not a successful season. A successful season, us a minimum is um, a home final and a winning week one. Yeah, and then you know wherever we sort of go from there is um, well, hopefully we'll go on a uh, a fighting winning run to uh, to premiership glory. just love the game but more than that i love the community if you're a fan of rugby league or the nrl you'll love big tees tees unique affordable and made for fans find a link to the online store in the show notes below you'd look good in one of big tees tees Come on, mate. Let's wrap this up. Enough of this season-long forecasting, Bizzo. Let's get straight to the uh, business of round one. Now, we're in a tipping comp with uh, fellow podcasters for the Sports Best Friends um, Network. Uh, let's get our tips in for this week, mate. Uh, round The first game of the round, sorry, Thursday night, Panthers v. the Sea Eagles at Penrith. Who have you got and by how much? Uh, Penrith. 
Um, clear in and out, obviously, is going to be affected on that game. But we'll lock Penrith in um, by 10. Yeah, I, I think um, reigning Premier at home, first game for the season. Um, I think uh, I think they should have that locked in. Mate, Friday night, 6 o'clock, we've got uh, the Raiders hosting the Sharks in Canberra. Ooh, ooh that's, a, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Um... Head-to-head, a dollar eighty-eight each as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. It's um, look, I'm I'm happy to go to the Sharks with the hype. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think I'm going to go Cronulla. Yep, I'll lock that in as well. Broncos hosting the Rabbitohs. Now the Broncos are two dollars ninety prohibitive home um, team here. The Rabbitohs are favourites, but I'm I'm not convinced. Oh no, I, no Reynolds tips firmly the Rabbitohs favour for me. All right. Rabbitohs, it is, mate. This is come on. Let's uh, do we go with our heart or with our head here? Oh no, we no, we no, mate. We're not that. We're not those fans. We're not locking the knights in every week. Every we we are or we aren't. We are absolutely knights for the upset. Three o'clock uh, Saturday afternoon, and I think we are the biggest outsider of the round. Yes, we are. So you heard it here first. Knights with the upset win on Saturday afternoon. The more you. Uh, the more you bet, the more you win. Um, Warriors hosting the Dragons up at Moreton Bay, I'd, I'd assume. Yeah, it'd be at Moreton Bay. Um, the Warriors, I think. Yep. No, I'm happy to go with that. Uh, Tigers are hosting the Storm. Oh, gee, that's a tough oh, one. Oh, yeah, lock that in. Storm yes. by 400. Storm never lose in round one. Unless, no, of course, absolutely. Unless, of course, we start backing them regularly. And then no months to no green, you're still backing with confidence, wouldn't you? <laughs> Eels hosting... It's incredible, they're Munster, Grant and Pappenhausen, and you just go, oh, they'll win. And you don't even get <laughs> Eels hosting the Titans on Sunday afternoon at four. Was that Eels, was it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, Parramatta. Yep. And I, th- I actually think this is a genuinely tough one to finish off the round. Six o'clock Sunday night, Cowboys are hosting the Bulldogs. Dollar eighty-eight each. Oh, I think, I think the Cowboys simply because the Bulldogs will take a, take a few weeks. Yeah, that's what I reckon. So saved those. But if you, this in. game was played in round five, I'd probably want to tip the dogs. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. I'm going to give the Cowboys the benefit of the doubt at home in round one, mate. Um, Robbie M's. We want to talk about the Robbie M's. We want to award um, listener and podcast player of the year to the Newcastle Knights uh, this season. It's going to be the most highly sought after award in rugby league. And we finally, finally developed a point scoring system that we think is not revolutionary, but we certainly think is fair. Bredo, did you want to? Did you want to give a bit of a um, update? Yeah, so what we're going to do, mate, each week, each week we're going to give out 17 points. Now, you can distribute that 17 points however you feel like. So if you think, you know, it's, it's been a KP game and he's dominated, you can give him 14 points if you like. But if you, but it, by the same token, if you think that it's been a very even performance, you know, maybe maybe it's a day we, we didn't perform, we got beaten, it played poorly, and you want to give, you know, six guys two points and five guys one point, however you want to give those points out, that's up to you. But there's 17 points to distribute. And you have to distribute them as well. You have to award yeah, seventeen give points each week. Yeah, and then if yeah, it's a game where everyone's been poor, everyone gets one point. That's seven exactly guys right. Plays, seven guys get one point. Yeah. So, so the reason we and the reason we sort of wanted to do this way is because it's it's basically for that reason exactly is that if you have a game where everyone is poor, 
we don't think that we have to award three points or five points or whatever. One guy who, who you know, who may have barely stood out an otherwise average performance, his five points shouldn't be the equivalent of KP scoring his three tries and setting up another against the Sharks last year to single-handedly win us the game. So that's why we wanted to sort of yeah. wait it this year so that if you are clearly the best part player in the, for the Knights in an absolutely standout performance, then you should be entitled to get a, a higher um, sort of award rating for that game. It with the idea that men of the match performances aren't all equal. Yes, that's exactly right. So, um, and what we'll do is we'll we'll set up um, we'll set up a little link for everybody to sort of send their votes in, and we'll tabulate them and update them. And but we're going what we're going to do is we're going to keep Bay Fifty Three voting behind closed doors, um, and then we'll compare them at the end of the season and see how our votes went versus how our listener votes went. Um, but we'll sort of give updates throughout the season for the. Um, for the for the listener for the listener votes and um, yeah we think uh, we just think it should be a bit of good fun bit of a bit of an opportunity for uh, everybody who's listens to us to give us your opinions in terms of who you think performed each week and why and um, yeah we'll see uh, we'll see how even, it goes. You know, done on the uh, penguin suits and have a an award ceremony on YouTube at the end of the season mate oh mate us oh, we're just uh, we're just whipping out all of the off the cuff good ideas that is a fantastic idea Bredo so um. I also love the uh, enthusiasm that you think we'll we'll be surviving for an entire season. That's uh, that's very uh, optimistic, mate. Um, <laughs> the feedback's been amazing. I want to I want to thank everybody. There's been so yeah. many nice DMs and messages about the pod. Um, yeah, the feedback's been great. And, you know, a couple of idiots like us, and we seem to be going okay. So thanks for the support. Yeah, we we genuinely do appreciate uh, everybody who sort of takes time uh, out of their day, out of their week, to you know, give us a listen and and. Um, um, we do enjoy the interactions as well. Like none of what we say uh, is necessarily gospel. It's it's always our opinion based on our observations and, and love of the Newcastle Knights. And I think one of our biggest listeners um, vehemently agrees. Uh, sorry, vehemently disagrees on one particular stance that we take about one of our past coaches. And that's fine. That's okay because. At the end of the day, we're sort of all passionate Knights fans and, um, yeah, we just want to see the team win. So, yeah, I, I absolutely back up again what uh, Bredo said. We really have appreciated um, everyone's feedback to date and, uh, yeah, just hope you enjoy uh, going through the season with us. Bredo, we'll, um, we'll call it there. Um, I think we're going to be releasing close to in excess of three hours worth of content uh, before round one, so you can tell we're obviously excited. Um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll see you at the game on Saturday. Mate, cannot wait. Rugby league's back and uh, the Knights are back. So, yeah, it's exciting times, mate. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your week. See you Saturday. Sports Best Friends would like to thank you for listening right to the end. You are our kind of people. Find other great sports podcasts in our family by subscribing. And remember, social media isn't a bad place. You just need to follow the right people.